Welcome to the Moonlight Real Estate Syndication Show, hosted by Eric Lindsay. Here at Moonlight, we will show you how to operate and invest in real estate syndications successfully while having W-2 income or another business that you operate on a full-time basis. We will learn from experts all things pertaining to real estate syndications. Here at the Moonlight Real Estate Syndication Show, we choose to focus on financial security, not job security. Welcome to the Moonlight Real Estate Syndication Show. I am your host, Eric Lindsay. Here at Moonlight, we choose to focus on achieving financial security through real estate. And today we are here with Patrick Grimes. Patrick is the founding CEO of investonmainstreet.com, a private equity firm with a mission to enhance busy professionals' quality of life by providing tax-shielded and inflation-hedged passive investments. He has over 15 years of experience in active real estate investment, purchasing distressed assets, renovating, and stabilizing for long-term cash flow. His company's 500 million plus portfolio includes 4,000 plus units in multifamily apartment communities in the emerging markets across Texas and the Southeastern United States. Patrick co-authored an Amazon number one best-selling book, Persistence, Pivots, and Game Changers, and writes articles on investing and commercial real estate for Forbes and Inman authors. Patrick holds a bachelor's in engineering, a master's of science, and also an MBA. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Patrick. Eric, I'm excited to be here. Um, it's a very interesting title because while I was doing my high-tech career, I was moonlighting real estate. <laughs> That's exactly what I did for many, many years before I was able to get myself off the, uh, the high-tech racetrack. Wow, that's phenomenal. And that is something I'm really going to want to touch on exactly how you was able to acquire real estate while working such a demanding job there. But with that being said, could you share just a little bit more about yourself and also how you got started in real estate? Yeah, well, so I had an undergraduate in mechanical engineering, uh, bachelor's. Uh, uh, it was, was, was a lot of fun for me. I may kind of stuck true to that, did machine design, automation, and robotics, got a master's engineering in business. The first company I worked with, the owner said, hey, you should, you should not invest in high tech if that's where you work. You should invest in real estate because that's where you'll actually get returns that will build the life that you want. Um, and so you should invest as much as you can and as early as you can, which I did. I, I actually saved up and <laughs> dumped everything into some fairly high returning investment in uh, pre-development. And I rode that down hard through eight, nine, and 10. Um, so I was humbled, learned about recession resilience and how to buy for cash flow. Switched into single family for quite a few years, moonlighting, and traded up to multi, and then learned how to be able to do real estate full-time and scale with partnerships. Yeah, that's phenomenal. And so you went the traditional path as far as getting a great job and you took heed. I mean, there's a lot of people, they learn about real estate basically as an afterthought after some things occur and things get like challenging as far as layoffs and things like that. You were advised to start looking into real estate and you just kind of went that direction. What really kind of made that resonate with you to start pursuing 
investments while you had a great job? Well, so I knew that, I mean, especially after 2008, it wasn't just my my uh, real estate portfolio, which went down. I, I'd been through the tech crashes and I had seen my stock portfolios drop. And I, I believed that real estate was the way to go. And early on, my family also collects oil royalties. And so I also knew that energy was a good investment too. And um, while well, I kept that in my back pocket for many years and I finally pulled it out and I'm doing more energy investments um, at present, I, um, I knew that I had to take some my income from considerable income from this high tech volatile industry and dump it into something that would provide a better financial future. That's great. And so I know prior to us going live, we was having some discussions about the volatility of the market and how you're somewhat diversifying into the energy space. Can you touch on that for us and just give us a little bit more of a candid look as to what that looks like within your business? Well, sure. So my, I mean, I've spoken on economics on stages and just in summits. And and I think that because I went through a downturn and I learned how to how not to put together deals and and learn about how the economics can change and 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 uh, demand can shift. I have lived basically since then ready for an economic downturn to happen. Um, and if you read my passive investor guide, which is a free download on my website, investonmainstreet.com, it'll show you how to diversify your assets to invest like the wealthy, uh, like the fifth slide. And so I knew that. Uh, I needed to be able to invest in a way where I didn't, wouldn't lose it all if the market crashed. So every year, I've, I've in every slide deck I've ever created for the investments, it says underwritten with an eye towards what happened in 2008, 9, and 10, so that we know we can do low leveraged and safe investments in long-term debt, cash flowing assets that uh, we can ride out a recession with reserves in place where we can survive through an economic or natural disaster. And and that's always been part of my plan. Now, at the same time, being entirely indexed in real estate, it's not how the ultra wealthy and the wealthy diversify. Being in non-correlated alternative investments. In other words, another investment that's not riding on the interest rate cur- curve, right? Because real estate right now, interest rates are up, cash flow is going down, valuations are waning. To really have a stabilized portfolio, you got to be in another asset class where Maybe it's in a completely different cycle. Cash flow is going up, valuations going up, and the future's bright. And that's the energy space. Well, that's a phenomenal strategy. As a matter of fact, that's what a lot of the stock guys they utilize with like the mutual funds diversifying into multiple different stocks to kind of carry the load, so to speak, when one is failing or one is doing better than the other. So that's great that you have hedged yourself in such a strong way there. With 4,000 units in multifamily, you're very seasoned. And it's intriguing that instead of still going pedal to the metal within real estate, you're kind of brightening things out there. Could you share with us a little bit more about this energy investing and what kind of energy are you invested in and is there any way to syndicate that? I know you're a big syndicator. So I don't do stock portfolio investments and investing in the market is much more of a gamble uh, for me. And so I, I do investments that are tax advantaged and inflation hedged, like uh, 
housing and multifamily, um, and energy, like in oil and gas. Uh, food's another one. But in energy, we're doing direct drilling in oil and gas, natural gas and oil wells. And that can be risky too, just like how real estate can be risky if it's not structured correctly. But oil and gas tends to have a little lower reputation because there's a lot of people doing really risky deals and operators out there taking their money. Um, but with some exposure that I've had, I've, you know, we're doing diversified portfolios that take the risk of getting you know, one well not, not reaching oil or natural gas out because it washes out. Just like in a multifamily building, if you have a, a burned unit or a flooded unit, it's okay. You've got the diversification across hundreds of units. Well, we do dozens of wells and we do multiple geographic locations in multiple states at once. And we just don't even do one kind of well. We'll we'll do half oil and half gas in the fund, and that's it's like having a mixed use uh, building, like half commercial or half office, and then half multifamily, um, and then diversifying that portfolio across multiple states, so you have different customers in different regions and different um, and different uh, indexes that are controlling your pricing. And so by by investing in energy in a way where you're doing direct oil and gas drilling, but getting safety through scale, investing and drilling in known proven locations and geographically diversified and through product, we can lower the risk profile down. uh, So you can take advantage of the fact that energy right now is the best inflation hedge. It is. I mean, I take a look at my website. I mean, there's a dozen different economists and CEOs of large companies and that are all saying the same thing especially now. And I wrote the article in Forbes saying that multifamily is the best inflation hedge. And while that's true, and overall, in this specific time, energy is actually outperforming uh, in that inflation hedging. And so I think it's important that investors have a way. The problem with oil and gas is it's, it's, it's more risky and it's more difficult uh, to find and operate so you have to have a very sophisticated 30-year group of people that have been doing it for generations to be successful. And most of the passive investors don't have the knowledge, the network, or the resources to figure that out and find those people and do due diligence on those people. So that's when we decided to add a part of the company to do alternative assets and then take some of these deals we're investing in and, and just offer them up because we've already done that work. And we believe that they're about as low risk as you can get while still taking the tax advantages and the benefits of direct oil and gas drilling. Yeah, that's great insight there. And with your vast knowledge of apartments, multifamily, and kind of knowing the business there, that's um, something to really consider as we're kind of in this inflationary period. So do you all still position gas and oil through a syndication just the same way that you would do with a multifamily asset? Or does things change positionally within SEC like rules and regulations there? Well, so they are a fund, a 506C Reg D accredited investor only fund, the same kind of fund that we do in our multifamily syndications. But they're not small kind of stitched together private equity groups where you add a couple of people here or there and do a deal together. Uh, in order to do it safely uh, at scale and with diversified operations, you need to have a very sophisticated company operating in multiple states and 
have a track record and a history. So it's not a kind of your typical co-GP type scenario with syndications. It's it's a larger it's a larger firm, and I joined the board of the oil and gas company um, that that I'm working with on these energy deals, um, and I'm on the advisory board to help structure things in such a way where it makes sense and uh, is in alignment with low leveraged and low risk profile returns. Great. That's some good information and something to really consider there. So if we could circle back just a little bit, because in the beginning there, you said that you were operating your engineering job while you were investing in real estate. And so you mentioned that you moonlight. A lot of our listeners, they are employees, they have W-2 income, but they want to invest in real estate actively or either passively. And they're trying to get started, some of them. How did you get started while working your W-2 income and buying real estate? Could you just kind of give us a peek in on what that looked like in the early days? Yeah, so it was not pretty. I mean, I'm the kind of guy that uh, went and did two master's degrees while I was working a very high uh, demanding job. But but after that, I, I I was struggling because, you know, I was traveling constantly while identifying properties, but I was working in recession resilient markets, which were not in my backyard, were actually out in Texas. And so from California, I was underwriting deals, finding deals and working with contractors and flipping properties and holding and building a portfolio and trying to manage and getting property managers. Uh, It was tough. It was really tough, but it was working. And I kept doing it until I met my soon-to-be wife. And she was there for my last single family closing. And I said, I can't do this anymore. We're going to, on the other side of, uh, I'm going to take a break. And then we're, I'm going to do multifamily. She's like, what is that? And I'm like, well, we're going to find out because uh, we're, we're going to bring on partners and we're going to scale because I can't moonlight this and marry you. <laughs> because, you know, it was just, it was just uh, going to be too much. And I think I made the right decision then because we have a new baby coming online here. and later in December. Wow. Congrats on the baby there. Yeah. It sounds like you have tons and tons of energy, two master's degrees while working. <laughs> That's next to unheard of there. And I have W-2 income. And so I know all about it. I get up screaming early in the morning, 2.30 in the morning in order to be able to have enough time to syndicate real estate and perform my W-2 income at a high level there. So that's great. And so when did the scaling occur? So you made a commitment that you was going to go all in to multifamily. What did that look like to begin scaling within the multifamily arena? It looked like uh, analysis paralysis is what it looked like. <laughs> I was uh, by going to boot camps, like I was back in grad school again, buying courses, studying at nights and weekends and uh, at Starbucks and really just dove in there um, to learn the mechanics, joined some channels that allowed me to get deals and underwrite them, compare them with others. And, you know, I really, then I started traveling, meeting with brokers while simultaneously fitting that in with my uh, high tech job. Um, and then, you know, I, I finally started bringing investments to um, different guys that I could work with. And one of them finally said, Hey, let's work on a on a deal together. Uh, and then it was the first one was I, so I went from doing three bedroom, two baths to my first multifamily deal was an 86 unit. 
Um, so it was, it was the right scale because once you get above 80 units, you have on-site property management, you can get it in a, in a growth market. And uh, that was, it was a beautiful project. It's cash flowing like crazy. It's such a good deal. Um, but then after that, you know, I, it was a lot of work. It's not a get rich quick scheme. I worked very hard, traveled very hard, walked a lot of units, uh, came back with my tail between my legs quite a few times on notes and the right deal. This is the right deal. This is the right team. It's not the right partner. It's not the right market, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then eventually started getting the swing of things and then process. I have an emphasis in systems engineering and with an automation background. So processes and procedures and systems uh, start getting some of that stuff nailed down and you can do a rinse and repeat model and keep controls of, keep control over it and make sure that it's a win every time for your investor base and just be real patient because a lot of times people get real antsy, nervous and want to get into a deal. And if that deal won't survive another downturn like 2008, you shouldn't be doing it in my mind. So there's a lot of deals out there you shouldn't be doing. In my mind. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great advice there. And I think some guys are going to be in trouble a little bit within this cycle here. I'm not 100% sure if it's going to be as big as 2008, 2009, but I know earlier in the year, some guys were really overpaying for assets and I just couldn't make the numbers work, but guys <laughs> pulling the trigger left and right. So we'll see how that fares, but I like the thought process of any deal that you do, it has to be able to survive a recession and just kind of keeping that in the back of your mind there. That's a great conservative way to approach things. Hey, as we turn the page here, we're going to start kind of wrapping things up, but we always like to ask our guests for a little bit of coaching advice for our listeners, our Moonlight listeners. I'm going to ask you just a few questions. If you could hold your response to between one to two minutes per question, that'd be great. Okay. First question is, could you give our listeners some advice that you wish you would have known before you started investing within real estate syndications? Well, so my how far back wish I would have known. So when I first did my first deal, I was looking for quick wins, doubling, tripling my money every two to three years. And so that's when it led me into pre-development. And uh, I did not buy for cash flow. I did not buy recession resilience. Uh, and it wasn't, and I lost it all. And it took me years to crawl out. So the, the advice I would give is to be patient, be the tortoise, not the hare. Focus on long-term legacy, wealth building, and not quick win. Okay, great. So second question is, how long did it take you to complete your first syndication deal? Uh, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Okay, great. And as of today, how do you balance out your life? I know you have 4,000 units under management and super busy. How do you balance out life and your business and just kind of make sure that everything continues to thrive? Uh, well, so, you know, my wife and I, we moved to Hawaii during COVID, which helped out a lot because we were having a lot of fun out there and uh, we do a lot of traveling. We have a new baby on the way. Uh, right now I'm working here out of my office in Orange County and she's just on the other side of the wall. So we like to spend a lot of time together, um, do meals together. Uh, we focus on having a quality relationship. Definitely. Not sure how else to answer that question. <laughs> Okay. No, that's great. No, you just make sure that you have time for family and your mm -hmm. loved ones and business. So that's good information there. 
if a person had a very limited amount of time because of W-2 income or another business, what could they do to start a successful business like yours? What would you recommend? Well, so if they have a good income, um, I, you know, because when you get into a syndication role, it's another job. And not only that, it's a totally different kind of job you might not like. And you turned out to be a financial institution. Uh, and people think of it a little bit differently, like being a single family real estate guy. And reality is, it's, I, I tend to tell people, if, you have, if you're making good income at your job, use that and invest it into these investments. Because as a passive investor, you actually make the first return and sometimes even make more than the, invest, than the sponsors. Um, but by using your high income jobs to reinvest, you can accelerate your ability to retire quite quickly. Okay, great. So final question is, what is the best way for a GP active syndicator to locate limited partners? If someone was just getting started and trying to make their way, what would be a great way to connect with limited partners? You know, I, man, I didn't do any, I didn't do the friends and family route. In fact, my, my first investment, all my investments have been to accredited investors only and 100,000 minimums. So I went to my professional space, uh, people that had worked with me in the high tech space or in grad school. Uh, and my first raise was through networking with people who had interfaced with me on a business side. In that case, people that had worked with me on large automation projects. And uh, then from there, I started you know, building a thought leadership platform. I've got an Amazon number one bestselling book. I write for Forbes. I do podcasts. I speak on stages. And you know, you start chipping away at all those different things. And eventually you'll start building a name for yourself. Yeah, those were some great responses there. As we wrap things up, we always like to ask our guests, what is a great personal development book or business book that you would highly recommend for the Moonlight listeners? Well, uh, Moonlight listeners, turning challenges and opportunities, if I can pitch this one, because persistence pivots and game changers, turning challenges and opportunities. This is a book where myself, Russell Gray from the Real Estate Guys, NFL, NBA players, there's a handful of authors. I did a chapter in here. We all talk about our story. It did make an Amazon number one bestseller. And I think these stories are, are definitely for the moonlight individual who's having some challenges, trying to navigate through their career and, and maybe get into real estate in some ways. I tell my whole story in here uh, and I just spell it all out. Uh, so happy to offer a free copy of this to your listeners. If they go to investonmainstreet.com slash book, investonmainstreet.com slash book. And we'll we ship out a free signed copy um, of that one. Okay, great. Yeah, so I'm going to look up that myself because... Just hearing your story and reading your bio, I was pretty excited to interview you and learn a little bit more about you. And so I'm sure you guys have some great insight within the book there. Hey, Patrick, you've been a great guest. You provided some significant value for our Moonlight listeners. It's definitely been a lot to chew on with us being in the current climate that we are in with the high interest rates and things like that. It's very turbulent. Today's data, the podcast being November 29, 2022. But yeah, we're looking forward to seeing more from you. And we know you're going to continue to do great things. 
We would love to have you back on the show anytime. Is there any kind of way that our listeners can reach out to you if they want to invest with you in some of your alternative investments? What's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, sure. So Patrick at investonmainstreet.com, all spelled out, investonmainstreet.com. If you go to investonmainstreet.com, you can set up a meeting with me on our contact page. Um, or just shoot me an email. I'll be happy to chat. We have active investments in multifamily, workforce housing, as well as diversified oil and gas energy funds right now available. Okay, Patrick. Well, hey, once again, thanks for coming on to the show and you're more than welcome to come back anytime. All right. Thank you, Eric. Glad to be here. Okay. Take care. Hey, and to you Moonlight listeners, let's keep pursuing financial security through real estate. And while you're at it, let's keep Moonlight. Thanks for tuning in to the Moonlight Real Estate Syndication Show. Please make sure to give us a five-star review, subscribe to this channel, and please share this podcast with someone else. Until next time, let's keep pursuing financial security, not job security. We'll catch you in the next episode.